At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got three tremendous hours for you. Yes, we're touching all the bases today. We're going to be talking a little Super Bowl. We're going to be taking a look at a little NBA for Wednesday. We're going to be taking a look at some college basketball for Wednesday, and so much more. Going to be leading off our guest list by... Taking a look at some NFL in about 15 minutes with David Behrman. Does terrific work over there at ESPN Chalk. And then we've got Frank Schwab. Does an amazing job covering NFL over at Yahoo Sports. We're going to be diving into some props with them. Trying to take a look at just a wide variety of angles. To take a look at this Super Bowl from no shortage of headlines. No shortage of ways to be able to make money on this year's Super Bowl. So we're going to be talking with them about the big game in 15 minutes and credit where credit is due to Frank. He has joined me all year long on the show and he said before the season started, team that he thought was good to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl was the Eagles. So going to see if he's going to stay true and if he's going to pick them to win the Super Bowl or if he's going to be going Chiefs. So that is something that will be done in our number one. In our number two, Mackenzie Kramer. He does great work over at ESPN with their sets and information department, along with the show, The Daily Wager. We're going to be getting some thoughts of his own for the Super Bowl. On top of that, I think that he's got a few golf plays that he's going to be sharing as well. So we shall see what we get there. And then we're going to have the NBA coming in our number three, Sean Green, who does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be joining me. 
We're going to be talking NBA. We're going to be talking player props and so much more. So we are all locked and loaded on, excuse me. We're all locked and loaded on today's show as I get to clear my throat a little bit there for the fact that we do have a little bit of a clearing of the way for Sean Payton as well, because really the big thing that we saw in the sports world on Tuesday was the trade. It is going to be Sean Payton heading on over to the Denver Broncos. Looks like it is going to be a first and a second round draft pick that the New Orleans Saints are going to be having. And what I think is so interesting is I was taking a look at this behind the scenes with my producer, Jason, who does amazing work here on the show. And we were taking a look at all these coaches that have been traded in the past for draft picks. And if you look at the track record of it, because it is a steep haul, giving up a first round pick and a second round pick for a coach is something that you don't see it happen very often, but you take a look at the coaches that it has happened for. And a lot of times it has paid off very, very well for that team. Like the last one that I can remember is John Gruden. I might be mistaken. There might've been another coach that was traded for draft picks, but with John Gruden, year number one, after he was traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were able to win a Super Bowl. After that, it was a nice haul for the Raiders, but even with all those draft picks, after they had traded away John Gruden, they have that success year number one under Mr. Callahan. And from there, after that year one success, complete fall off from there. It completely changed the Raiders organization. And as a matter of fact, as we all remember, there was a second go around for John Gruden and it didn't last as long as they wanted it to. That's discussion for another show on another day. But that said, certainly was one where it paid off for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were able to get a Super Bowl out of it. They were able to get a Super Bowl many, many years later when they were able to get a guy by the name of Tom Brady as well. But was a complete franchise changer for them. There was another quarterback or there was another coach that was traded for draft picks. His name is Bill Belichick. That happened over 20 years ago. Bill Belichick is still over there with the Patriots. I believe that it was a first, a fourth, and a sixth slash seventh round pick that he was traded for. Well, that turned out really well for the New England Patriots. But now the question becomes, are you going to have Sean Payton around long enough for him to be worth the draft picks? And I do think that that is a reasonable question to ask because with Sean Payton, he did decide, you know what, I'm going to walk away from the... uh, New Orleans Saints, why he left, I think it would have to do a lot with the quarterback situation. When you're thinking that you're going to be coaching up Jameis Winston, when it came to this year, it started out being Jameis Winston, and when he became fully healthy, they stuck with Andy Dalton, which that goes to show you where they're at in terms of their quarterback situation. I think that that had a lot to play with it. I don't think that was necessarily lack of motivation. You spend a year in the studio, and... We've noticed it with a lot of coaches that they step away for a year or two and then they get back into it. Urban Meyer was not a good NFL coach, but he did this on the college ranks. He was doing a tremendous job over there at Florida, steps away from it for a year, goes to Iowa State, and when he went to Iowa State, he had massive amounts of success. When he left the college game itself, we all know how that turned out, but 
I don't think that there's any denying that he was a success story of a coach that went into the booth for a year or two, came back, was very solid in a great coaching situation. So that's one that you're able to look at and you're able to say, yeah, that's going to be very impactful. And what I have to think with everything that is going on as well, it's something that I noticed towards the end of the year with the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett was the coach of the team. He gets canned after that just pitiful display that we saw in the Super Bowl. And if there was something that was very fitting about this NFL season, it is the fact that we got that Rams versus Broncos game as the Nickelodeon game. Just watching the Broncos get completely slimed on for all the bad games that we got for them in prime time this year was very fitting for an NFL fan. And I thought it was very deserved. And hearing Patrick Starr give Russ Cook jokes, that was high-level quality on Christmas. I was very enthused about that. But when Nathaniel Hackett got fired and the interim regime was in for those two games, Russell Wilson looked like a different quarterback. Russell Wilson looked like, I'm not going to say the guy that he was in Seattle. That would be an overstep, but he looked closer to that form rather than the Russell Wilson that we saw in 2022. And look, with regards to a coach, I don't think that they are the end-all, be-all. If you have the world's greatest coach versus the world's worst coach, if you're still dealing with talent, you should still have some success. So I do think that there was something wrong with the roster as well, but If you're looking at best versus worst coaches, Sean Payton, in terms of best coaches in the world, if he's not in the top three, he's at the minimum a top five NFL coach. And I don't think that that's very controversial. If you are able to send me five coaches are coaching right now, I'm not saying all time, but five coaches are coaching right now. They're better than Sean Payton. Please do send them to add GN and underscore one. And I will tell you which ones are not above Sean Payton because, well, Sean Payton does a great job. I would certainly be willing to put perhaps Mike Tomlin out of him because Mike Tomlin just, he did it once again this year. He finds a way to not have a losing year. What he was able to do with Kenny Pickett, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. I mean, I would maybe go that far, but that's about it. I mean, it's really, really tough to find coaches that are better than Sean Payton. Meanwhile, with Nathaniel Hackett, it's hard to be able to mention a lot of coaches that are worse. Urban Meyer is one, but Urban Meyer is never going to coach in the NFL again. And if there's a owner that is foolish enough to do so, you get what you deserve. That's all I could say to him. But that's pretty much the sort of display that we're having right now with the Denver Broncos. You go from the worst coach in the NFL to top three coach in the NFL. And I do think that it is going to be making a massive impact for them. We've seen it in the futures market. It's already created a little bit of impact. I know that there was a tweet sent out that in terms of the amount of futures wagers to be able to win the Super Bowl in 2024, that was put out by Caesars, and it pretty much doubled the amount of bets that were placed on the Denver Broncos from before Champagne became the coach to now that Champagne is a coach. So there's clearly a lot of optimism when it comes to the Denver Broncos, and rightfully so. So we shall see what all happens this offseason. Keep in mind they're going to be working with a little bit less draft capital and to give away a first-round draft pick to be able to get Sean Payton. As we know, they gave away a haul for Russell Wilson, so now they're going to be trying to make it work. And speaking of making it work, something that does happen in sports betting as well, and this is something that 
it sometimes comes to the forefront at unexpected times is sometimes you get what you want, but you don't necessarily get what you want. And by that, I mean, uh, there's a lot of times when handicapping college basketball, and I encountered this Tuesday night. I gave out for the DK Nation pick for Tuesday, the uh, Northwestern versus Iowa game, because I was thinking, all right, Northwestern is going to be able to slow this game down. That's going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring game. For those of you guys that watch it, Northwestern gets their tempo. They get a little bit of a slower game. Problem is, you have Nor- Iowa just draining three after three over ends up hitting. And we find this a lot in sports. And it, sometimes we find this sometimes in life as well. You go to a restaurant and you think, oh man, this is going to be like a really cheesy dish and everything like that. And certainly it is a little bit of a cheesy dish, but at the same time, it's not necessarily the sort of cheeses you wanted. It might be a case of which it's maybe a little bit too heavy. It's something of that nature. I mean, sometimes there are things in life where you get what you want, but you don't necessarily get what you want. And that was the case there. Baseball, prime is some prime examples of this. When you bank on a pitcher thinking, oh, this pitcher is only going to give up like three or four hits. And sure enough, pitcher gives up like two hits in six settings. Problem is, the two hits that he gives up flies over the fence. Both come with like two or three men on base. That'll sometimes happen from time to time. And all about sorting through that and being able to perverse, being able to persevere. And we will be taking a look at the NFL and trying to persevere on that market next. Frank Schwab, who does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports, and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. Join me next to discuss that here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, well, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to everything that we do, including the top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every single game, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for all the biggest games where... The experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up for just $9.99 and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. That is at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by our two guests. David Behrman does terrific work over at ESPN Chalk and Frank Schwab likewise over there at Yahoo Sports. Gentlemen, it is great to have you aboard. And David, we'll lead off with you on this. What have you made out of the line movement that we've been seeing on the Super Bowl? It's been a little bit more modest the last few days, but as we know on the Sunday when the matchup was set, it was the Kansas City Chiefs that opened up across the board as a favorite, as much as a two and a half point favorite here at Circa. A lot of places were a little bit more modest with it, more around a point and a half, two points, somewhere in that neighborhood. But as we said right now, Philadelphia Eagles, a point and a half favorite total remaining relatively steady at a 50. Yeah, I'm not totally surprised about the line move, but that doesn't mean I agree with the line move. You know, as Frank and I have discussed numerous times on this show, a lot of recency bias, and that's what goes into the lines, that goes into the betting, that goes into the early betting. And what people saw was a Philadelphia team that won by a lot of points over San Francisco, even if they didn't play the greatest game on offense. And then you saw a Kansas City team that, you know, won by three. And some people like to point to the penalties. I don't like discussing that. I think it goes both ways and you just have to win in the end. Uh, so I'm not surprised that the public and even some of the Sharps are are jumping all over Philadelphia because this is the team that all year long, except for a little bit of a short spurt in the middle. And then, of course, a little spurt at the end when when uh, Hertz was injured has looked like the best team in football. But I personally, and this is an early pick with another 10 days to go. I'm not picking against Pat Patrick Mahomes. I'm not. He's the best quarterback in football. I think Kansas City is the best team. Maybe not top to bottom. Philadelphia is probably better. But you're going to give me two, one and a half, two. And it got to about two and a half in some points on late Sunday, early Monday. And, you know, we'll talk more about it next week. But I do like Kansas City here. I think they're live. And um, I'm not surprised at all the line move. I don't know if you are, Frank. But, like, to, to think that the public's going to take the team who won by a lot against San Francisco – versus a Kansas City team who only won by three. They also beat the hottest team in football, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I thought that the AFC team should have been favored coming off of conference championship games. So I think 
They got it sort of right when they posted it at even to Kansas City one to two, depending on what place. But I'm not surprised it's moved to the other way. And I was kind of hoping to grab a three, but I think that time came and went. It's not going to get the three, and it probably will settle right around one or one and a half. Yep, I am in agreement with you. I think that expecting this line to get the three is just not a realistic expectation. And as a matter of fact, this was a line that was at two while I was doing this show about 24 hours ago. Frank, what have you been making out of the movement? Because I'm not surprised to see that it came down after the Kansas City Chiefs opened up as a two and a half point favorite. Was a little bit surprised to see how quickly and how abruptly it moved, but I do think that we're settling into more of the correct line right now with it being at a point and a half. Yeah, I think you hit it spot on there, Greg. Is that yeah, I'm sitting here writing obviously the the opening line post for Yahoo. I'm like, okay, Chiefs minus one and a half. You kind of expect that. You saw the look headlines and all that. I don't take too much stock into those. And before I even hit publish, it's one and a half Eagles. Like, whoa, okay, this moved. And there's two and a half Eagles like 30 seconds after I made the post. And I'm like, this is incredible how quickly this line is moving. And yeah, David, I I kind of agree that, look, even though I I, I probably lean the Eagles side right now, I don't know yet. There's a lot of time for us to overanalyze this stuff, right? I thought the line move was really like unjustified. I, I don't know why. Like, yeah, I think there is a lot of recency bias here. And I've been on the Eagles all year. I, I got the receipts from the preseason. My my favorite Super Bowl pick was Eagles plus twenty five hundred. I still got that in my pocket. But that said, what what separates these teams really? Like the Chiefs were great all year. The Eagles were just a wagon all season. We know that. But like you said, David, they got Patrick Mahomes. It's it's tough to go against him as an underdog. So I'm surprised to see him as an underdog, considering this is the most public game of the year, obviously, from a betting standpoint. Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs are a very public team. That's why they don't cover many spreads, because their lines are always inflated. So I was surprised to see them as an underdog. This To me, when I thought about this game, this matchup, the the few seconds I had to think about it before I saw the line moving, I thought this is a pick em. Like this This just seems to me like, if you set this out as a pick I think you get pretty even action on both sides. So I am surprised to see the Eagles favorite. I, I can't lie about that. I think there was a lot of bias towards, like you said, the AFC team should be favored because the AFC was a better conference all year. The Chiefs are the number one seed. I, I, it was it, it was interesting to see it move back down. I was like you. I was like, is this getting a three? So I waited a little bit, probably too much. I wanted to hedge my Eagles futures with Chiefs plus three. But I think it's probably settled pretty well now at one and a half. We might see a one, a two, but we we all know, all three of us know, the, the bookmakers don't want to move this line too much because getting middled in a Super Bowl is a disaster. So this line ain't going to three. I don't think it's going to a pick em. I think it's either going to be one, one and a half, or two uh, because they just can't afford to get middled on this game. Yep, I and agree that's with why- I was going to say, Frank, that's why I think they moved it as quick as they did. They saw all the action come in immediately on Philadelphia. They immediately swapped it because the last thing they want to do is leave Kansas City up there as a favorite for too long, and then they're going to get middled. So that yeah. line moved. Same thing Same thing that happened to Frank. I'm sitting there about to send an email out to all of ESPN that the Chiefs are a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite, and before I could even do it, I always double-check, make sure the line is what yeah. it is before I send a mass email out. And next thing I know, it was flipped. And I immediately reached out to our friends at Caesar and says, did this change as much as it looked like it changed? And they're like, yeah, we just got inundated with, with, with bets on, on Philadelphia. So within five minutes of the line being set, it moved that fast. That's just absolutely insane. And I mean, it's just such a interesting game to take a look at because so much of it is going to be hinging upon what's going to be happening in future days. Because as we know, Patrick Mahomes, he was not 100% in that game against the 
against these Cincinnati Bengals. That said, he was able to make a play with his feet when they absolutely needed him to. And David, how do you think this is going to progress over the next two weeks? Because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be 100% for the Super Bowl, but certainly if he was that close to 100% in the game against the Bengals, I do think that we're going to see at the very minimum 75-80% of normal Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm not concerned at all about the injury. First of all, he has two weeks, and two weeks is 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 ridiculous amount of time compared to what they normally have when some of these guys play Monday night and come back and play Sunday morning. So I'm not concerned about the injury. He was able to play on it when you could tell that he re-injured it in the second quarter. He willed that team to victory. I mean, it, they lost all of their receivers. They were playing with you know with, with with Sky Moore out there as their leading receiver, with everybody else, Juju getting hurt, other guys getting hurt. They couldn't run the ball. Patrick Mahomes willed that team to win. He's that talented. Andy Reid does, unlike what you saw in the NFC title game, and obviously they were down and out without any quarterbacks, but to to think that Kyle Shanahan thought they could come back from 21 down by running up the middle every single time when the Eagles had 15 guys in the box, Andy Reid was able to change his game plan once he saw what they weren't able to do with the run game, and once he saw all these receivers go down, he was able to move things around, and that's, to me, is what I think is going to be the difference in the Super Bowl. Again, we have another 10 days to talk about it. I think whereas the Eagles might have more talent top to bottom, I think the Chiefs are the better football team with the better coach, the better quarterback, the more experienced team. Um, but like Frank said, I mean, you're splitting hairs here. Here's the two best teams in football. They're the two one seeds. They're the two teams who have been most consistent all season long. If you take out the Cincinnati Bengals, when as consistent as they were after the first two weeks of the season, these are the two best teams in football, and, and rightfully so, we're going to get that game. I'm not at all concerned about the about the ankle because I think this is a different situation than what we had against Tampa Bay, where a lot was made of Mahomes' foot, but I think it was more about Cincy's offensive line getting the crap beat out of them by the Bucks' defensive line. Now, if the Eagles were able to do that like they did the San Francisco, you might see a repeat of that Bucks Super Bowl. But if Mahomes is able to do what he wants to do, you may see a repeat of the 49ers Super Bowl game, at which point they come out on top. Yep, I do think that this is so interesting to take a look at. And Frank, how much do you make out of the injury? And how much are you going to be gauging that as the coming week and a half goes along? I mean, you'll gauge it, but I, I agree with David. It's not a factor for me anymore. We saw that he's just special. He is just such a competitor, such an elite athlete. This normal human rules don't apply to him. He was He did not look like he was really impacted by that ankle. You give him two more weeks. By the way, two things, and I, we're going to keep talking about this game for two more weeks, but two things that really come into play here. Andrew Reid bye week. Okay, we know his record. And also, David mentioned this experience. Kansas City's been here before. Andy Reid's been here before. Mahomes has been here before. Not that the, some of these Eagles have. Sirianni's a smart guy, but I'm interested to see how the experience factor really plays in here. But the the Mahomes injury, nope. I'm more worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder. I, I, we can talk about that after the break. I Jalen Hurts does not look right. I thought he looked right. Uh, divisional round. I'm not sure he's, he looks right anymore. You know what? That's a good place to jump off because I do think that that is very much of intrigue. It's going to have a lot to play in with regards to player props as well. And just what we're going to be able to expect moving forward in the Super Bowl. So we're going to be talking about the injury to Jalen Hurts and some props with Frank Schwab of Yao Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk on the flip side. Here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Vison, the Sports Bay Network. Peterson himself on v 
Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today, and a warning that this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined now by David Behrman, does great work over at ESPN Chalk, likewise for Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports. And Frank, just before the break, you mentioned it. You're a little bit more concerned about the shoulder injury of Jalen Hurts rather than the injury that we made so much of last week with Patrick Mahomes. Take me through what you are looking at with the Eagles and that injury because for the Eagles, they got the job done. They were able to win very convincingly in both of their games against the Giants and also the San Francisco 49ers. But as we know, 49ers, that was not the team that we were expecting to see with all their quarterback issues. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to Jalen, look, I mean, he's played three games since the injury. Each one has followed the same script where you know, mid third quarter, the game's kind of wrapped up and they could put him on ice, put him in bubble wrap. You don't, his last pass against the 49ers came with 410 left in the third quarter. And against the Giants, I, I kind of convinced myself that uh, he's fine. He's, he's healed. He had the bye week. He's good. Uh, no big deal. But then you watch the NFC Championship game, and I get it. The 49ers are a great defense. Don't get me wrong. But they had the 29 yard pass to Devontae Smith, which should not have counted. They had a 17 yard pass to Kenneth Gainwell, which I think came on a swing pass or a screen. I don't even remember it. I, I can't lie. Their longest completion other than that was 11 yards. They're getting nothing downfield in the passing game. We really don't know how healthy Hertz is. And Hertz has made some comments of, hey, yeah, I'm playing through it. I, I, I'm not 100%, but I'll play through it. I wonder if this is a, a situation where, you know, two weeks after the game's done, we'll hear really how hurt he is. And no pun intended there. I, I wonder. I just, look, if you can't get anything going downfield against these rookie cornerbacks of so the Chiefs, yeah, you can still run the ball. They got a great running game, but I think they're going to need some explosive plays to keep up with that Chiefs offense. I just don't know where Hertz is at. I, I, I'm not saying, you know, two more weeks doesn't help him a lot. I'm not saying he can't get the job done. He's made some really, really nice throws over the last couple of weeks, but I have concerns. I, I have concerns that if he's limited, if he's compromised at all, it's not the same Chiefs offense, or it's not the same Eagles offense. And, you know, the, then you're going to have a tough time keeping up with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I do think that there are some real concerns I have with the Philadelphia Eagles because it is an Eagles team that they've been able to get the job done time and time again. They had the top record out in the NFC, which allowed them to be able to give Jalen Hurts a little bit of rest. But David, how much do you put into the fact that the Eagles, they did knock off a Giants team that, let's call it what it is, give them all the credit in the world for where they got. But, I mean, that was not necessarily the 85 Bears that they were taking on. And then... They take on a 49ers team that we were expecting that to be a really good game with the quarterback issues. I mean, it's just hard to really put much stock into that game, in my opinion, just because of everything that did happen. 
Now, first and foremost, if I'm an Eagles fan, nothing to apologize for. You won your games. You won your games by a lot. You're in the Super Bowl. You're the one seed. Frank and I talked about this off air that we jumped on the Eagles win total as soon as we saw what the schedule was going to be back in April and jumping on them to make the playoffs. We just knew that there was going to be an easy schedule. The Eagles won their games. They dominated a lot of them. But yes, if you look on the surface, they played a very easy schedule, which got them the one seed. Hey, you got to win the games, too. You can't just play them. You got to win them. Yes, it wasn't the toughest road to the Super Bowl. They beat a Giants team that was probably a year or two ahead of schedule. That wasn't the most talented Giants team in the world. And then we all saw what we saw in the NFC Championship game when, when the 49ers were down to doing triple reverse, somewhat flea flicker passes to nobody because they had no quarterback left. But to Frank's point, we didn't really see what the Philadelphia Eagles could do. Now, if they go ahead and dominate the offensive and defensive lines, they'll beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But to Frank's point, if they don't get the ball downfield, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs in the shootout. We did not see Jalen Hurts do much of anything. He didn't have to in the 49ers game. But you're right. That first drive of the game should not have been a touchdown with the with the catch that wasn't from Smith. The next drive was aided by not one, not two, but four defensive penalties that led to the touchdown at the field goal. And then the last touchdown of the half, you saw when a fourth-string quarterback fumbled the snap. So – what did the Eagles actually do against the 49ers? Not much. They only had 260 yards of total offense. Hurts didn't throw the ball downfield. Now, if they run for 160 yards up the middle versus the Kansas City Chiefs like they did versus the 49ers, they're your Super Bowl champions. I just don't think they're going to be able to learn for 160 yards, so they're going to have to put it in the air. We'll see what happens. Burrow was able to move the ball, but I'm not sure what you're getting with the Eagles because even though they win by a lot, they didn't have to do much because of what the 49ers had. Again, make no apologies. You won the game. You got home field advantage. You're in the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure they can do that same stuff versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know that there's been so much buzz about the spread in this game, the way that it moved so much from the open. But something that I've really been taking a look at right now is the total line. To your point, David, I am right now taking a look at the under. I'm not sure if you agree, so I disagree. I'll go back to you on this one, David. But I take a look at the under, and I think that there's good value because we're mentioning all the injury concerns of Jalen Hurts, the fact that the Eagles didn't have to move the ball down the field too much, and the Eagles, I mean, if there is one thing that we are able to take away from that game that we saw against the New York Giants is that they really were able to do a nice job putting the clamps down there when you're facing off against a four-string quarterback at a point in the game they were facing Patrick McCaffrey through, or Christian McCaffrey through a pass or two, that was not necessarily too terrific. Not much of a takeaway there in terms of their defense. But the Eagles' defense has been stout all year long. And for the Chiefs, something that I always notice with them is that their defense, it typically starts out pretty bad to begin the year, but it gets better and better. And it looked pretty rock solid against the Bengals. So I like the under in this game. Yeah, I'm leaning the under as well. I think there's value there. And if you keep in mind a couple of points, one, the first five and a half minutes of the Super Bowl, I've taken it every year for the last 10 years. And I believe... Uh, the no score first five and a half minutes. My favorite prop has hit about eight of the last 10 years. So that's just because the teams take a while to feel each other out. So that's the beginning of the game. I actually, the Eagles have one of the best defenses in football. That's for the whole game. Now, could these two offenses, which have obviously shown explosive tendencies, reach 50? Of course they could. But what I think you're going to get is very similar to what you saw in the KC Cincinnati game is a feeling out process. You know, KC and Cincinnati traded field goals for the first quarter and a half of the last game where it's 6-3 and both teams drove up and down the field, but then the defense is buttoned down when they needed to in the red zone, and then the game got a little bit more scoring as we went, and it didn't reach 49 and a half. 
Um, you look at the NFC game because 49ers didn't have anybody to play with. It didn't reach 49 and a half. I do think the mixture of inexperience on the Eagles side with, with overall inexperience for the Super Bowl mixed in with a good defense and two teams that will get off to a slow start will yield likely to an under, but we'll see where that number ends up. And Frank, any sort of a feel right now on the total? I certainly am leading to the under. I'm glad that a lot of the 49 and a half that were out there about 24 hours ago have become 50s because I do think that there's good value and I could see this when it's all said and done being a total that closes a little bit below 50. Yeah, I, I think you guys made great points. Look, I, I'll be honest. I'm not much of a totals player. I'm not good at it. Like, it's just not my strength, so I don't do it a lot. You guys made some great arguments. One thing I'm interested in, I'll just kind of kick it back to both you guys because I'm interested in this specific matchup that might help the under. The best way to beat the Eagles is not passing the ball. We all know 70 sacks, the cornerbacks they got, they're good in the back end. The one thing you could do on them is run. The Chiefs really don't run it that well. Do the Chiefs try to run it? Because obviously we know running the ball for both sides is good for the under. I just wonder how that matchup is going to play out the game within the game. Is Isaiah Pacheco getting 20 carries because the Chiefs say, one of the ways we could beat this team is running up the middle. I, I don't know, but that would certainly help the under. Yeah, hey, I actually thought they were, I actually thought they were going to do that versus the Bengals as well because the Bengals are not known for a good rush defense. I thought that Kansas City was going to try to run the ball, and they did early in the first quarter. They got a couple of runs in there, but Frank, with the, with the way KC does it, they they use the pass for the rush. They 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 yeah, throw I know. slant yeah. patterns, they throw side patterns, they do all sorts of back you know this and that, rotating people all over the place. They'll throw the Kelsey as a run. Like they use the short passing game as a running game. So whereas I won't expect 20 carries from Pacheco, I will expect them to try to do the run. But Andy Reid, man, he's all first team give up on the run by the end of the first quarter. But I do think <laughs> you'll have a low scoring first quarter that might yield a low scoring game. So. And with Pacheco as well, it just doesn't feel like he's a guy that necessarily is going to get you like three, four yards in a cloud of dust. You really don't have that on the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got a lot of guys that they've got a little bit more speed, guys that you're able to utilize in the passing game. And that could be somewhere where they do utilize Pacheco because I believe he had five catches in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals as well. So lots of storylines. I know that both of you guys are doing an amazing job taking a look at this game. And you guys have been joining me all year long. David, you do great work over at ESPN Chalk. Likewise for you, Frank, over at Yahoo Sports. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Always great to have those two gentlemen aboard, David Behrman of ESPN Chuck and Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. And we're going to be having a lot of Super Bowl conversation coming up on the show, but we got to get you guys some sweats for Wednesday coming up next. We're going to take a look at some college basketball, some SEC action for this Wednesday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Next weekend will be the last weekend of football, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is a place to be. You could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing in our Bet Rivers Squares this football season. Place $10 or more in qualifying bets, and you get a square on the house. If the numbers on the square match up with the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility, bonus, and credit use, full terms and conditions are available at Bet Rivers Squares. Dot com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by the two gentlemen that joined me a little bit before. David Behrman of ESPN Chalk, along with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. And any picks that are made by any of our guests, we've got those available on VEASAN.com slash picks as well, along with some of my own for college basketball. So we've got you guys all covered there. And we're going to probably have some in our number two, along with our number three, as well as... Going to be joined by Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network in hour number three. And in hour number two, we are going to be taking a little bit of a further deep dive into the Super Bowl as well. So we've got you guys all covered there as we've got just a little bit of everything on tap for you as it's going to be Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN who's going to be joining me in hour number two. So we've got a lot of fun on that front, but... Got to get you guys some sweats for this college basketball Wednesday as well. The Super Bowl, it is still a little bit over a week away. So we've got to find you guys some action to have in the interim because the Super Bowl is going to be tremendous. Problem is, it's not on Wednesday. 
and college basketball is on Wednesday, and we've got some great SEC action, including the number one team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis and just a defensive juggernaut going at it, and yet we're seeing the total go upward, which is something I disagree with. Let's go 683-684 on the board. Florida is going to be playing us to Tennessee. Tennessee is a six-point favorite. Your total on this game opened up at 130.5. Currently, DraftKings is the low water mark on the market at 132. I'm seeing as high as where I sit here at Circa as a 133, and I have no idea why this total is going upward. I'll be honest with you. This is a total that I thought I was being a little bit too high with my total, and I said mine more in the neighborhood of a 129. This thing has gone up and up and up. Tennessee is the number one team in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and it's a mark that really travels as well. Now, they're not allowing opponents to shoot 19.9% from three-point range like they are at home, but if you take a look at the Tennessee team, they're allowing 83.2 points per one earned possessions when they're in a road-slash-neutral court environment. There's no other team that allows anywhere near that many. They are 4.9 points per one earned possessions clear of every other team in college basketball. That's on a road-slash-neutral court environment. If you're looking overall on defense, they're clear of every team by 5.4 points per one earned possessions. Better that they give up on defense than every other team in the country. That includes Houston, Rutgers. I mean, you're able to go down the list. It's insane. And this is a Florida team that they themselves have been playing some very good defense. They're number 21 in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. They've allowed 68 points or fewer in all but one of their games since the turn of the calendar. Colin Castleton down low is able to give you seven boards, two and a half blocks per game. Just a very befuddling that this total is going upward because I recognize that Tennessee has scored 70-plus points in each of their last four games, but this Tennessee team is so Jekyll and Hyde in terms of their three-point shooting. They shoot as collective about 34% from three, and while you do have that dominant low-post player for Florida, you've got a little bit more of a collective when it comes to Tennessee. That's both in terms of their scoring and the rebounding, as Tennessee is a top-15 team in all of college basketball in terms of rebound rate. This despite the fact that they don't have anyone that really gives them north of 5.1 rebounds per game. As a matter of fact, you've got Jonas Adu along with Julian Phillips, Olivier Kamwa, all at approximately 5.1 rebounds per game. And they've got six different guys that give you at least 4.3 rebounds per game. And that goes into the scoring as well. Josiah Jordan-James, Kamwa I mentioned before, Santiago Vescovi, Sakai Ziegler. They all give you between 10.1 and 12.2 points per game. And all four of these guys, Shoot between 34 and 35 and a half percent from three-point range. So they are all pretty much putting up the exact same numbers. You get really good production there. And then for Florida, you do have Will Richard. He's able to throw in there a little bit over 10 points. Shoots in that neighborhood of about 40 or so percent from three-point range. But Florida's old. They're only shooting about 32 percent from three-point range. Florida has just had a tendency time and time again to just not be able to cover games on their home floor as well. Now, much of this, this was during the Mike White era because I just remember there's always taking a look at sort of the ranked team versus the unranked team and things of that nature and always wanting to side with the unranked team, especially when they're a favorite. This is not a case where the home team is the favorite. They are an underdog because the Tennessee Volunteers are just a really, really stout defensive team. But I remember I would 
the last few years, I've been one that always takes like the home team that is favored against the road team that is ranked, but is the underdog aside from Florida, because Florida was just like the one team that would never, ever cover that spread. I just take a look at the spot and I think that it's going to be a low scoring slog. And it's hard to think that the Tennessee defense is going to be letting up against a Florida team that really doesn't have a lot of shooting. No idea what this total is going upward. I will gladly take it though. I'm going to be going under in this spot. And for Tennessee, made them a seven point favorite. So here at six, one to lay it would be willing to lay if this goes to six half as well. Let's take a look at a little bit of a rematch in the SEC. And I mentioned Mike White. Well, he's now the coach at Georgia. And Georgia, in my opinion, is getting a little bit disrespected in this spot. 685, 686 on the betting board. It is Auburn playing host to Georgia. And Georgia is a underdog of 12 points. Your total on this game, it is 141.5. Last time these two teams played, it was in early January. And you saw Georgia win by a count of 76 to 64 on their home floor. Now, a little bit of an extreme matchup in that one. Auburn was as cold as an igloo from three-point range, but that's par for the course for Auburn. Auburn is a bottom 30 team in terms of three-point shooting percentage in all of college basketball. They should be able to do a nice job of cleaning up down low because you do have GNI Broom. It's been able to give the team 13 points, eight and a half rebounds per game, and Wendell Green in the backcourt does give you a little bit over 13 points. Four and a half assists per game as well. It's an Auburn team that has been very dominant on defense themselves. They're no Tennessee, but at the t- same time, in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis, you got an Auburn team that they rank 20th in the country with this regard. It is a Georgia team that they are more in that pocket of right around 60th. They do a good job of cutting off the three-point arc, but as I just alluded to, it's not an Auburn team that's necessarily looking to shoot a whole bunch of threes because they have not had success with it. In general, I think that a little bit of a key here for Auburn is Alan Flanagan, someone who's been able to give the team eight plus points in seven out of the last eight games, who has been very hit or miss to say the least. I wish I could come up with a better term, but that's probably the best way of being able to put it because with Flanagan two years ago, he was right around a 14 point per game score. He then got injured last year and just has not been the same player ever since then. And for Georgia, I do think that they're going to be able to hang in there because You've got Scary Terry Roberts along Kerry Oquendo, a pair of guys that they combined average about 28.5 points per game. Georgia leaving a little bit of something to be desired with their three-point shooting as well, and they are going to lose the battle down low because you've got Matthew Moncrief, who's able to give you about 5.5 rebounds per game, and he's pretty much the only player on this team that gives you north of 5 rebounds per game. They did have Kerry on Lindsay doing that as well, but for some reason, Kerry on Lindsay entered into the transfer portal a little bit strange to find that, but I do think that Georgia, a team that they turn the ball over about 14 times per game, they're going to have a tough time scoring on the Sovereign defense. We saw it the first time around they were able to get to 76. I don't think that that is going to be duplicating itself, but you've got an Auburn team that they themselves turn the ball over 13 and a half times per game. Both of these teams, in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis, outside the top 200, neither of these teams do a great job of being able to take care of it. I do think that this is a total that is set too high. This is a total that, if it were set for the first matchup between these two, would have went under. Neither of these teams are offensive base. Both of these teams hang their head on defense. I set my total at 136 half, and this is with perhaps the anticipation of late game felling because instead of the 12 that we're seeing right now in sports books, I set my total at all 10, or I set my side Auburn 10 and a half, them being favored. So here at 12, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Georgia. 
I think that there's just not enough respect being paid for Georgia and what they've done thus far this season. So going to be willing to take the points and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And this is going to lead into our VEASAN pro tip for our number one VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. And when it comes to gauging totals, sometimes you're going to get what you want, but it's not necessarily going to come through. What is very important with gauging totals is the actual game flow and trying to keep in mind if a total does slash just on it, if there was some sort of a sequence or a run that led to it to lead to it either going awry or going in your favor. That is very important because flow really does dictate how you do long-term in total, terms of totals. And I'm going to be looking to get some college basketball winners with my DK Nation pick next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.